could have, um, I feel like he could have, like, said, hey, guys, you know you're you're really screwing yourselves over on this. Like, at least put some water on top of that, you know? Sure. And so I feel like he could have done that, and that would have been helpful. Right. But he didn't, and um, in the end, like, it'll be okay, and I won't hate it, and I'll just see it every day. Like, every single day of my life that I live here, I'll be like, oh, man, I really could have done a better job on that somehow. I don't know how, but I could have. No, I mean, I I feel that, and I relate to that. Yeah, uh, that just that sentiment in life, <laughs> right? I just I could have just done better. <laughs> I could have done better. So I mean, well, I, hey, let's let's jump into this thing. Okay, um, <laughs> we're jumping in. You know, let's jump in. Let's uh, let's talk about literally anything. I mean, that's what the name of this thing is, right? Like, I'll talk about just about anything. And um, and so uh, I am Nick DeFord. This is the Nick will talk about anything podcast. My guest today for the first episode that I have somebody that's not here in studio, which I honestly thought I would have more of those and in persons. And then people just kept responding to my invite to be like, yeah, I'll show up to your your uh, shed in your backyard. I mean, that's in case you couldn't tell this is a shed that I'm sitting in, but I just decked it out where it's like. This isn't bad. Someday I'll do a tour. Like, I'll pan the camera, like, just a little bit, and you can see, like, yeah, this is a tiny, tiny space you're in. Uh, but anyway, so this is my friend Seth Campbell coming out of Portland, Tennessee. Yes, it sounds just about as uh, redneck as you might – or it is about as redneck as you might think it sounds. But um, it's actually a cool little town. Uh, they have giant uh, – I guess they're fiberglass strawberries, like, somewhere in town because they have the Strawberry Festival. This weekend. Oh, it's coming Festival. up this weekend. It's right now, weekend. look out! It's here, which is interesting because, like, where I live in Zephyr Hills, just down the road in Plant City, like twenty minutes south of here, they have a ton of strawberries. Like, they grow so many strawberries for probably the whole nation. I don't know, and um, and so we have probably I, they have a strawberry festival that is probably larger. I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter whose I mean, strawberry festival is the largest right. strawberry festival, but. I'm guessing this one's probably a little bigger because they actually grow the strawberries here. I don't know if you I guys mean, actually grow strawberries. It probably doesn't matter, but do they have giant fiberglass strawberries representing the, best, the fact that they To the best of my knowledge, them. they don't. To the best okay. of my knowledge, they well, don't. Um, now I've got to know how big the uh, the Portland Strawberry Festival is because I've actually looked this up before. You, you, go, ahead and, you go ahead and look that up. larger than you thought it would be. Well, I'll tell you what. A couple years ago, I know for a fact that uh, – they had, um, at the prime of her career, Reba McIntyre performing as one of the <laughs> nightly events at the Strawberry Festival here in Plant City. I know this because I did not take my wife there, and she definitely wanted to go. And so I feel a little bit bad about that. I kind of um, instantly don't want to dive into this because two <laughs> things pop up, right? One, it says Portland, Tennessee Strawberry Festival, the 81st annual. And then right <laughs> underneath it, it says... Uh, <clears throat> Plant City Strawberry Festival, <laughs> and there's like a picture and a giant stage. It looks like a concert's about to happen. Oh, it's Maybe a big li- deal. Little people in strawberry costumes are going to come out. I don't know. Ha- have you ever been to a county fair, like in any county in USA? Yes, yes. It's like that, but maybe a little bit bigger and with strawberries. So that's See, that's how I would describe it. I have also, in full disclosure, literally never attended the Strawberry Festival. You um, should go. One time, um, one time. So my grandparents lived in Zephyr Hills before um, before I had moved here, 
And, well, they didn't live here. They would come down for the winter as snowbirds. They had, a, like, a mobile home. You know, they would come down there for years. And we came down for a visit uh, at some point. Like, we drove our car down from Nashville. We used to live up there. We drove our car down, and we're hanging out. And my grandpa's like, hey, the strawberry festival's going on. I'm like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's down in Plant City. You go down there. We're like, okay, cool. So we get on our phone. It's, like, the first year that smartphones are a thing, like, I think iPhone came out in like what 07. So this is like 08. I've got a Samsung where like you you like grab it and you you fling it like this and like the keyboard slides out. Yes. So we were fancy, right? Like this was high tech stuff. I was on the Sprint network. Um, if you ever want like low speeds and bad connections, but a little better than T-Mobile, Sprint's your <laughs> Sprint's your partner, you know. And so like it's not Getro PCS. It's it's Sprint. You know, you're kind of middle of the pack. And Do you remember? Do you remember the good old days when you had to wait till seven o'clock to call your friends? <laughs> oh my goodness! Like, like when you paid per minute. <laughs> well, yeah, it was seven o'clock, and then the weekends were free, though. Oh yeah, well, Sprint was like Sprint was the leader in some some uh, free minutes, like to other. It wasn't just like because everybody had their tribe, like AT and T could call AT and T for free, Verizon, right? Sprint had like a good deal on that, so that's why we went with it. But so I'm looking it up and find out where the festival grounds is. I did not find out what weekend they were having the strawberry festival or what week and we drove all the way down to plant city and it turned out my grandfather was totally wrong it was like two weeks away he had just seen it on the news and he's like oh it's happening you know probably right now yeah and it's so we're like well we'll go because there's literally nothing happening at your mobile home like it's it's literally you get up and you eat and then you take a, a mid-morning nap um and then uh, you eat lunch and then you take an afternoon nap and then you kind of eat dinner and maybe walk around the trailer park and just wave at people sitting on their porches. That well, was my life. favorite thing about trailer parks, because I did grow up in some You've lived younger. in trailer parks, yeah. <laughs> like, don't forget your roots, man. <laughs> I haven't. Um, is, is you, there's always somebody fixing something, but they're mm. never actually fixing anything. Oh, man. That is one of my favorite like, <laughs> trailer park activities, is just to go around and see who's trying to fix something today. Now... Now, you're right. You're 100% right. And I've, I've spent a little time in some trailer parks myself. However, um, in Zephyr Hills, like the trailer parks here are, uh, they're like, they have a class that they try to achieve by saying you have to be 55 and older to live here. Okay. But the problem is you've met some 55-year-olds who like, I'll be polite about it. Their standards are still kind of low. And right. so they try to get away with some stuff, and so the parks have rules, but basically they try to eliminate as much of that as they can. But there's still going to be somebody working on, like, a house or a car or a lawnmower that's just a lost cause, and they're still going to try to work on it anyway. Well, and, and not to poop on people who live in trailer parks. In, in all fairness, I grew up in a trailer park in Macon County, which is not really, like... The what prime state? spots. No, Tennessee, Macon County. Tennessee, Macon County, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't, like, I mean, in all fairness, I haven't been there in 20-plus years. Maybe the standards might have improved, yeah. This was like a eight-mile kind of trailer park we're talking about here. You know, Like M&M like &M eight-mile kind of thing. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, this wasn't really like the the cream of the crop, nice trailers. We were in some busted-up single-wides. You're like trailer park boys, trailer, trailer park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I told somebody exactly. about that the other day. They're like, I don't even know. I'm like, honestly, I haven't watched that show either. But, like, the few minutes I've seen, it's it's exactly what you would think it is. You know, the like. The title kind of says it all. <laughs> It pretty much handles it. You know, like, whatever you think of when you think of Trailer Park Boys, this is, they nailed it. You know. That is what it is in this yeah. show. Yeah. Because I, too, have not seen the Trailer Park Boys. Now, I never, I never lived in a trailer park. I did, 
I did spend some time as a child in a single wide as my parents were building a house. They were like, hey, you know how we could save some money? We can buy a trailer for like $1,200 and have it towed out to our property. And, uh, and you know, they just hooked up to some utilities and stuff. And then right. it was like right on site where they were building the house. And, and so my dad like physically built the house. I mean, he would have people come and help him, but he did a ton of it himself and it took so like a couple years right so we lived in a trailer for a good little while um, right had bunk beds like my brother like one time the bunk bed just the top part fell down on top it's of fine. me while i was asleep i didn't even wake up as a very sound <laughs> sleeper my sister had like a crib and then like a toddler bed whatever in the, in the living room because it was a two bed thing you know it was just not very large but we didn't know any better i mean that's the cool thing like when you're a kid I mean, maybe when you're a teenager, you start to be like, oh, my goodness, we live in a trailer park. But when you're a kid, you don't care. You don't know any better. No. Yeah, I mean, a house is a house. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, I agree with that. And again, it's not like it's not like all trailer parks are that way. But there, that's true. there's definitely a segment of trailer park living that's probably not the best or the most uh, yeah. savory. I grew up going to church, and I had these uh, friends in our youth group, and, like, couple of them would live in this this one trailer park that we all knew about you know it was a little north of flint michigan and uh i remember this one kid john talking about um he was talking about uh like friends that he like still went to school with but they used to be his neighbors in the trailer park he's like yeah that you know so and so he used to live here but he got out you know and then so he he got out too and they were talking like they actually got out and like lived in a house or an apartment instead of in a trailer park and so that was just kind of their mentality was they're like hey you know what we're surviving but if you can get out man you should get out right yeah and it's so, like an achievement yeah it was like an yeah. achievement level unlocked you know, and, <laughs> and so I think, you know, I think that's something that, I mean, Hey, you should learn to live, like be happy with where you live, right? Like whatever it is that you find yourself, like learn to be content with that. I think that's a, a principle that's, you know, applicable. Um, I was talking with my wife a while back and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I was like, okay, here's the deal. You know, men, um, men can like, we can be pretty much content. I mean, for me, like if there's, I prefer running water. That's good. I like to like be clean and have a shower and all that stuff. I prefer running water. And if it's got a water heater, that's even better. Right. Other than that, like I need, you know, I do like my air conditioning. I'm not going to lie, especially living in Florida. I can't deal with the heat without that. Other than that, I don't need too much, you know, like I'm fine with camping in a tent. We've got a motor home and I enjoy staying in that with my family, but I can, I mean, you and I with some other buddies, we've camped in tents, gone backpacking. Right. You know, like, yeah guys are pretty much okay with anything i don't want to be a slob but i'm okay with just about any living conditions i don't care we keep right. nice houses for for our wives and our kids that's oh, really yeah. what could, it boils down to i could live in a shed with a bed and air conditioning yeah as long as attached to it was like a garage or something now see that's for, important exactly and, and that's you, where my priority lies well clearly like you have a really killer like shop that you just recently built i mean right. i have not seen this in person but i have been living vicariously through pictures <laughs> and videos of it right and uh, i'm even thinking about like next time we come up to visit you know maybe bringing some work that needs to be done on amy's just car bring a car and just bring you. some stuff you know to like <laughs> hey or maybe i could even have sh uh parts shipped to straight to your house and like hey that we're gonna would, work on this while we're here <laughs> that would be my favorite i mean when yeah. we bought this house we just moved here about a year ago and we moved from a really small, not so fantastic house. Now that house needed was, some stuff. 
it needed all the things, but it was on five acres, right? And it did have a 30 by 50 barn, but it also needed a ton of things. And and it, what would have made that barn so much better is if, like, the floor was like this instead of, you yes, know, like, like six in, different and, – and the river that would flow through it in the rain. I'm not well, joking. Like, poured it. He poured it by hand in sections and then, yeah, like decided like this section over here is going to be this tall and this section is going to be this tall. And you just couldn't make it a functional workspace. No. The idea of that whole place was solid. Yeah. The implementation was, it was a bit lacking. Quite it. it was it was lacking. And so when now, now did the previous at... owner, was he the one that put that that oh. shop there, that barn there? He put everything. Well, I mean, I'm saying because, like, I know his handiwork because I helped you tear down, like, the, <laughs> the, the dome. dome. The dome. I mean, maybe maybe I'll dig up the video and, like, overlay that on this <laughs> just later just on. Pulling, if you're cool pulling with that, the dome like, down with my danger range. <laughs> Brandon Tucker. Oh, Brandon has a – we were talking about short uh, – regular cab, long wheelbase trucks and how those need to come back, right? Yes, they do. Like, uh, shout out to Dakota. I know, like, if you check this out, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, that's my jam." But Brandon Tucker had one of those trucks. Now he has that old. Does he still have that old Ford truck, the Dually that I had oh, to drive yes, and almost died in? You almost died. I almost died in that truck. Almost died. With you right truck. behind me, like yeah. witnessing it. Yeah. No, um, but it was a bit. It was a close call. Yeah, it was you a very know. close call. Um, that was one of those almost met my maker kind of days. I did, and I'm sure the truck <laughs> might have survived because it looks like it survived a lot. But but the truck Brandon had at the time was like a chevy with a long wheelbase long yes. long bed and a short cab it was a great truck and we just it was a great we truck. had to pull that dome Down. away from the house and just i got a good slow-mo video of that happening and i'll try yeah, to no. dig that up and see if it still exists it was great but when we started looking for this house i i travel a lot for work you know that I always have and we went and looked at a couple houses together and put bids in but we live around nashville so it doesn't matter. You put a bid in, you put it in for thirty or fifty thousand over asking, Ooh. and then someone else comes in behind you and either beats that bid or says, "You know what? We're going to go all cash, no yeah. contingencies, whatever." So we just kept losing. And so I told Ashley, I was like, "Just go look at houses. I need an office and I need a garage. If it has those two things, I don't care about the rest. Yeah, just go." And so she found this place, and you've you've been here a couple of times. This house is really cool. But there Absolutely. was no garage. I actually, um, I was visiting you before you actually had like, I don't know if you had, oh, had yeah. closed on it yet, but like you were about to close or about to take possession of it. And like, you're like, hey, come check out this house with me. You're like, let's look it over. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, this thing's tight, you know? Yeah, it's super cool. And, but there was, it was a decent sized backyard, but no, no existing garage or shop. There's a dog nearby. I hear, um, I hear the yeah, doggy. I think she's trying to get in the room, but she'll be okay. Yeah. Um... And so, it, you know, we just had the space to, to put up that building. Well, yeah, you yeah, I mean, cut down a few trees, you know, trim some stuff up, put a fence up. I mean, just, you know, it didn't need much as far as, like, the house. The inside of the house is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, outside the property needed a little maintenance. But, yeah, you kind of dressed it up nice and made it home, you know? Yeah, no, it's 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 coming together nice. And But to, to your point of guys can live anywhere. Oh, yeah. I could be in a single wide trailer from the 70s right now yeah. that leaks from the roof somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. But as long as I had that shop out back, I'd be thrilled. Well, let's be honest. Like the barn dominium, you know, thing that's happening now. And, and there's one down the road from your house on Highway 76 mm -hmm. over there on the east side. Like, I don't know how far down, but south of Portland. Yeah. I'm just like, man, when I see that place, when I drive past it, I'm like, this this dude gets it, you know? It looks great. It does. There's another one down on 109. 
and he built like his house is a barn dominium and then he built a big shop behind it that semis can drive through oh what it gets big so i don't know if he owns a trucking, trucking company, company yeah but that to me is like the ultimate dream home is to end up in a barn dominium on some land yeah and if you don't know what a barn dominium is you're just not as cool as us is what it boils down to <laughs> and um, you're not wrong yeah, no, absolutely. So now you talked about like traveling for work a lot. Um, so, so let me back that story way up. So, um, <laughs> you and I, well, first of all, talking about cars, I, I like, I want to just get a little bit of backstory, like, you know, cause if anybody's watching this and we're a few minutes in, they're like, why are we even like, this is fun. Like, I hope it's fun for other people. Cause you and I are having a good time and that's what really matters. Time, right. That's what really yeah. matters. Like I'm, it's, I'm here for me. Yeah, if zero people like end up saying like, "Oh, that was worthwhile," well, check out another episode. Maybe you'll enjoy that better. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, the uh, you know, you and I first met. Like, I don't know if you remember the first time we met. Um, but here's how I would sum it up: You were having a hard time doing a brake job, and <laughs> and 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 your parents were going to the to the church. You hadn't started coming there yet. Your parents were going to the church that I was at, and your mom's like, "Hey, can you go help out my son? Like, he's helping out this." Uh, you know, this girl and you guys ended up getting married, you know, you and you and your wife now, like for how many right. years have been like a dozen, 13, 13 years, 13. 13. Yeah. It's a good long time. It's a good long and time. so you were working, I think it was that little black Ford escape. Mm -hmm. um, and I would rather never have to work on a Ford escape again. It was but awful. I don't even remember what it was. And I think you pretty much had it, but I think your mom was just, I don't know what she was trying to do, but it's like, right. okay, you know, so I went over there and I was like, well, I mean, just do this. You got it. You know, it's, it's pretty much done. I think you just didn't have the right tools with you or something because you had just moved up from uh, the lovely town of Corinth, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Booming metropolis these days, I think. Really is. They got a Chick-fil-A now, so they've really hey, stepped up their listen, game. listen, don't knock towns that just got their first Chick-fil-A, okay? <laughs> hey, does hey, Portland look, my, have a Chick-fil-A? It does not. Yeah, it we've, does got, not. we've got a Chipotle too, son. we got oh, a Chick-fil-A and a Chipotle. So you like, guys are there. We're, we're, we're on our way up, you know? <laughs> and so dream at this point. Zephyr Hills is the largest town in Pasco County, which is like a bedroom community, bedroom county from uh, Tampa. So um, we've, we've got it going on here. Yeah, you guys are really getting it done. We are. But um, so, like, that's when I kind of first met you. Um, and uh, and then, um, you know, sometime after that, you guys were coming around to the church, and, and uh, you were in and out of there. You worked a lot of, like, nights and weekends at the, the good old MAPCO, I think, at the time. Yeah. You, you had, like, two jobs going on, I think, at that point, so... What's yeah, it like no. having that kind of hustle going? I mean, you're like, you're young, you're like, here's my take on it. When you're young, A, you don't know how to make money as well as when you're older. Like, you just haven't learned enough to, like, really be successful at earning good income. So right. you have to work a lot of hours doing a lot of things. But you're also kind of figuring out, like, what do you want to stick with, you know? Because right. you could have stuck at MAPCO and probably been making 100 grand a year managing a store if that's what you wanted to do. Right. Um, I don't know what they actually cap out at, but, but you know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know either. I would imagine once you're up on that corporate or district level, you're probably making six yeah. figures. I would yeah. think so. I uh, so at the time when I'm fixing those breaks, I'm 17. Yeah, definitely and, young. Um, Ashley may or may not have been pregnant at that point in time. I mean, I feel like she was, but I wasn't. I wasn't knowing whether that was, you know, where you yeah, wanted I mean, to share. Unless somebody wants to do math, they're going to have to figure that out on their own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we may or may have not gotten married when I was 18. And uh, we bought our house and had a kid. 
and she already had two kids. So, you know, I'm, I'm 18, she's 21, and we got three kids. You got, like, and that so, family, instant family thing oh, going on there. Instant, instant, right? And then I... And that's got to uh, be weird, like, because, I mean, you were pretty... Um, like, you were pretty... I mean, like, compared to, like, other, like, 17, 18-year-olds, you know, you are pretty, like, ready to take on responsibility and do what it takes. But at the same time, like, an 18-year-old is still a kid. I don't care what oh, we thought yeah. at the time. And so now no. you're a kid helping raise you know, a kid of your own plus, plus two step kids, you know, I mean, right. like that's huge to take that. No, on. no, I don't think any 18 year old is ready for that. I don't care how oh, goodness, mature no. you are. You're not ready. For I was that. in my thirties when we had our kid and I wasn't ready, ready, but I mean, like ready. here we are. And I mean, in all, in all fairness, we're doing pretty awesome, but I mean, <laughs> at least the way it seems so far, we'll see. Time will tell. No one is ever ready for a kid, is my assessment. No. no one is ever. There's not like a point in time where you can go, oh, today's the day. We're mature enough. We're financially set enough. Because there's, there's more to it than that than those two yeah. factors. But um, we, we get married, right? And uh, I took a job when I was 17 working in a warehouse in Nashville. Just uh, as a parts distribution center for mobile homes that company still comes through my town like twice a week and they camp out at the uh road star motel they pull their whole truck in and they stay inside <laughs> they always and, cracked me up they yeah guys always stayed at the cheapest places. oh dude yes they still do i'll be honest uh, it's actually a decent place but it's like an outside hallway motel you know with like the doors open outside to the air which is florida yes. who cares you know that's perfect but it's actually the rooms are some of the nicest in our town which to be honest isn't saying that much but but people just look down on it because it's not a name brand. It's like Roadstar Inn or something. And uh, but yeah, they're, they're trucks parked traveling. I've stayed in one motel professionally in my life, and so the thing is, hotels have hallways, motels don't. Mm. And so if it yeah. doesn't have an air conditioned hallway, I won't stay in it. Yeah. Um, and that's no 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 knock on motels. My early experience in the traveling, I stayed at one because it was like 70 bucks a night. It's like, I'm going to save the company some money. <laughs> and they actually um, don't care. Like, they're not going to pat you on the back for that. Yeah, most decent-sized companies don't care that you save them 30 or $40 a night in a hotel. And two, it was not the best motel experience I'd ever had. <laughs> you know, like, I got in the room, and I didn't even want to sleep in the bed, so I just slept on the bed. On the bed. Yeah. Which and may just... or may not be any better. <laughs> <laughs> right, Exactly. So yeah. did not do that, but no, you you're correct. I worked I worked at the warehouse uh, Monday through Friday, usually sometimes Saturdays, and then but, I worked third shift on the weekends at Mapco. On on the motel note, though, like <laughs> let's be honest, you have more, you remember better, like those cheap motels. You remember them. I mean, mm -hmm. Amy and I, in some of our travels back in the early years, when like when we were broke, broke. We would stay at, like, a Motel 6 somewhere on the way to, like, out of town somewhere. Like, we stayed at a Motel 6 in Little Rock. And there was this dude. We pull in. It's, like, almost midnight. And we pull in there. I'm like, well, if we drive straight through, we're going to Oklahoma City for my brother's wedding. I'm like, if we drive straight through, first of all, I'm going to be dead tired. Second of all, we're going to be there, you know, at, like, 6 a.m. And then what, you know? So, like, right. let's just go ahead and get a room. You know, it's, like, Motel 6 in the day. Back in the day, it was, like, 36 bucks. So, it's, like, whatever. We'll drop 40 bucks after tax. No big deal. And we pull in, and there's this dude just hanging out outside, leaning up against the building. We're like, whatever. We go straight in our room, and, like, Amy didn't sleep. She was just like, I'm, I'm not having this. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I'm, I'm the driver. Like, I can sleep anywhere. Again, guys, we're content with whatever. And so right. I'm like, whatever. I go to sleep, and but not for long. Like, at 4 a.m., I'm awake again. I've got four hours of sleep. I'm ready to roll. 
go outside, same dude, same place, just hanging out. I'm like, he's still just out there. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I stayed at a, um, I don't even remember, some no-name hotel at a conference, like, for lawn and landscape stuff in Louisville, the Green Industry Expo. And my business partner and I, we've got a lawn business down here, and, and he and I are staying at this place. Like, by the time we booked our hotel, there's, like, nothing available close to the conference uh, thing in Louisville. Uh, and so, so we stay at whatever this place is, and I promise you, it looked like Baghdad 2004. Okay, oh like there is a whole section. There's like a the, tank blown up out front. Not quite that, but there's like the <laughs> the first part of the hotel, and and then the second part of the hotel is over here, and then there's this whole section that's literally like if you could have taken a saw and chopped it down, there's wires hanging out and plumbing capped off. Like they literally cut out a section of it, and there's just rubble on the ground with a fence around it, and we're like, all right, as long as the room is decent, which it was, but every time we would come out, there was the same dude outside our stairwell outside and it's like okay i'm just not i'll nod and be like hey what's up man and keep going what's he doing there "Mm, i don't know he's like the guys over on like dickerson pike in nashville that are selling socks at 1 a.m like three pairs for a dollar 50 it's like you're not selling three pairs of socks like that's not what you're selling you know especially not for a dollar 50 not for a dollar 50 i mean that was that was 15 years ago but nonetheless like no that's not what's like they had socks, and I'm sure you could go buy three pair for a dollar fifty. But they'd be like, "What else do you need?" I'm like, "Just the socks, man. I'm just I'm a poor college I, kid. I need socks. You know, I just need the socks. Yeah, nothing else." <laughs> oh, man. Oh. But yeah, like so. Okay, so you're like you got the hustle going on. You're working, you know, a couple different jobs, um, and then uh, eventually you started like working at a an insulation distributor warehouse, right? And you're driving. You're just driving a truck and you're making what, eleven bucks an hour to start? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was so I'm trying to think back. Blevins or the yeah, Blevins when I started there. I hope we're allowed to say their name. I don't no, see I why don't not. I don't think they'll care. I mean, we haven't said anything <laughs> negative about them. Their drivers no. stay in my town in the Roadstar Motel. If they want to take that as a slight, they can do that. I don't care, but <laughs> it's not intended that way. I'm just saying I see their truck twice a week in right. my town. Like they're coming and going, you know? I think I made nine bucks an hour when I started there, and this would have been like 2000, like summer of 07. Yeah. And then by summer of 18, I'm still there, and then I started doing the Mapco thing, and I think that was 10 or 11 bucks an hour. Um, and I do that for like a year and a half, and that was just brutal because we were working like, I mean, all in most weeks, I'd work 90 to 100 hours a week yeah. between the two jobs, and you can only do that for so long. That's true. Um, I mean, there's some guys that say, oh, you can do it forever. No, you can't. You can't. You just can't. Not, like, yeah, the, the the nail in the coffin for us is I was coming home. I'd worked I'd worked all day on a Friday at the warehouse from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., drove home, showered, ate dinner, changed, drove back to my midnight Dude. job, right? Worked 10 to 6, and then on my drive home the next morning, I fell asleep on the interstate and like drove into the big gravelly area mm. didn't somehow didn't hit the barrier like, <laughs> that woke me up and i was able to correct and i you know i just kind of parked on the side of the interstate for a minute and i was like okay we gotta we gotta figure something else out <laughs> something's gotta change and so we um we go i mean i literally uh, a buddy of mine had moved over to this uh, insulation distributor i was like hey man we need somebody uh you know, would you come drive a truck for me? He's like, there's a lot of opportunity and growth at this place. You know, it might be an opportunity for you to, to move on and start doing different things. And so I took that job and then I had started up a cleaning business at the time. 
yeah. at nights because that's what I started as soon as I turned 18. The day I turned 18, I went and got a business license and I started a cleaning company in 2008. Now, you'd had and some so, experience with that because like your parents had done cleaning businesses and stuff. Yeah, um, when we were kids, we, we uh, my parents had a cleaning business that did the same thing, cleaning uh, commercial offices at night. So we would yeah. go clean houses from like 9 p.m. to like 6 a.m. in the night, me and my two brothers and my dad. And so we did that for well over a year and a half when I was, you know, eight, nine years old. Um, so I knew I knew how to do it. And I actually got in touch with the people that my parents contracted for okay. a decade before that. And they were still in business. Um, and so they were like, yep, we can, we can put you to work. But then two and a half months go by and the economy is pretty much in pieces. And that's the first thing everybody cuts. So, right. you know, I, I, I turn 18 and I'm making, you know, crap money during the day at the warehouse, but I'm making pretty decent money at night. And I was probably making 15 to 20 bucks an hour, um, depending on the jobs I was doing. And then that only lasted a couple of months and was gone. So that's where the, the Mapco thing came in. Well, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I get the job with the insulation warehouse driving the truck. And then I was cleaning just a couple car dealerships for a guy nice um and those those paid out pretty good i was making a couple grand a month cleaning those but the problem with a place like a car dealership is you gotta clean it every night yeah um they were closed on sunday so you're cleaning that place six nights a week mm. and it has to happen sometime between nine ish when they're finishing up that last deal or trying to and before they open back up at 10 a.m the next morning it's got to be cleaned again yeah and so you just you had to do it all the time holidays didn't really matter because they're right. usually still open um, so anyway, we, we, we carried that on for about a year, year and a half. Like Ashley was helping you sometimes with that too. Like she's working some of the nights oh, yeah. and things like that. You know, you're kind of sharing it, splitting it, whatever. Towards the end of those contracts. I mean, I would, cause when I started driving, um, for that distribution center, you know, this cause you came yeah. and drove for me for a year, year and a half. I did. Um, some mornings you'd start at seven, some mornings you'd start at three. Dude, it's so. I remember. <laughs> I still remember the pain of waking up at like two a.m. to yes. drive, to drive, yeah. you know, up to Goodlessville, go to the warehouse, you know, fire up the truck, do a pre-trip inspection, you know, check, make sure the load is right, you know, all that stuff, and then get out of there, hoping yeah. that like the guy the night before, if it was somebody else driving the truck, that they actually fueled it up like they're supposed to. <laughs> right. And it's amazing, like how simple some of that stuff is. Right. And guys like won't do it. I mean, you know, I, I like I said, I got a lawn business. We got guys. I'm like, listen, it's going to be, you know, 100 degrees here at the end of the day. And you're not going to feel like working that late. You know, you want to get right. done before it's that nasty. So fuel your equipment up, your, your mowers, your gas cans, your truck, fuel right. it up at the end of the day. So that in the morning at 7 a.m. you can get straight to work. Yep. And and like between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. you get 90 percent of your work done. And then you just do the detail stuff at the end, you know, like take lunch break and then just work for a couple hours and then get it knocked out. And you're like, no, we'll just go to the gas station at seven. We'll screw around for a few minutes because somebody showed up late. Then we'll leave. We'll go there. Then we'll get our, like, we'll fuel up and then go in and get sandwiches. Like after the one guy has done fueling everything up because we just sat in the truck on our phones for 25 minutes. It's like, are you guys dumb? You know, like, well, and especially in, in like trades like yours, like, they're they're costing them you money and they're costing themselves money. Yeah, and it, it just doesn't. It'll it'll never cease to amaze me. But those are the same guys, right? That don't take the buggy back after they're done grocery shopping. Oh, like now, now just, you just dropped like a real like 
southern thing there, the buggy. I, it's a thing. It's a shopping cart. Okay, it's a cart. I don't. No. The buggy's like what the Amish use behind the horse. You know, it's a it's a grocery buggy. It's not a buggy though. I mean, it, and it will forever in my heart be a buggy. <laughs> You're right. a true southerner, my friend. <laughs> I, I live um, in Florida, where there's so many like so many northern transplants that I don't really feel like I'm in the South like I did when I lived in Tennessee. Sure. So you do know? you say pop now? Is I don't a, because Tennessee beat that out of me. They beat that out okay. of me so much because yeah. I moved from Michigan to Tennessee, and I'm like, hey, do you guys have any pop? And they're like, and they literally laughed at me. Like I was in my 20s when I moved there, and there would be these like like 18 19 year old girls laughing at my face for calling it pop they're like oh do you right. i'm like okay fine what do you guys call it you know they're like it's coke i'm like but i like pepsi they're like it's all coke i'm like what if i want a sprite coke, they're like right. that's coke oh. too i'm like you guys you guys don't understand you don't understand things you know no, it's so true like if you told me to get you coke i'd bring you back a dr pepper well yeah because you know down. i want a dr pepper I know you want a Dr. Pepper, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's it's Coke. And yeah. if I tell you a Coke and you know me well enough and you bring me back a Coke, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> right. I didn't want a Coke. I wanted a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I wanted a Dr. Pepper. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, that's yeah. That's just how it is here. Oh. Oh, man. Where were we, though? We were talking oh, about. We are uh, talking jobs. We are talking jobs. So, yeah. I switch over to the distribution company. And, yeah, towards the end of that, like, those those early, early mornings. I just couldn't do it. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't work till 2 a.m., go home, sleep for an hour and a half, mm -mm. and then hop in a truck that could weigh upwards of 24, it's not 23, 24,000 pounds. Exactly. And so I was like, Ashley, I bet, like, I'm going to have to have some help transitioning out of this. So I had that, one of those contracts for a year. I think we were halfway through it. And she pretty much for the last six months of that did 80% of it. That's um, not, yeah, I think I remember that. That's yeah. just, because, well, because I just couldn't. So she'd be home with the kids during the day, and then I would I would come home. We'd try to live a semi-normal, you know, normal family life in the afternoon, and then around nine or ten o'clock, she'd go clean for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, and so we did that because right around that time is when the guy who pulled me over was leaving, and so they had I hadn't been with them too long. I'd been there maybe four to six months, and they were like, "Hey, we're opening a branch in." Uh, Kentucky and Louisville, will you go open it and run it for us? And I had no desire to move. And I said, no, thanks. I appreciate it. If this place ever comes open, then yeah, yeah. I'd love that. Um, and so within a couple of months, it did. I think, you know, six to eight months of, of being there, he left and I took over and started running that place as, you know, the warehouse manager. And it wasn't inside of two months of there that you would come over and started driving for Yeah. Me. Man, I remember that because that was when I had um, I was I was working on staff at a church uh, that that you were attending at uh, Nazarene Church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and we were we were there, and and uh, my mentor Ryan Brown was you know the pastor, and and I loved that time, um, and then all of a sudden, like out of the blue. Um, I'm mowing these lawns, you know, back then, like, I can't seem to get away from lawn mowing, but I'm, I'm mowing grass up there and like people from the, the, like the district for the Nazarene church, uh, I was talking to them. I'm like, Hey, if you ever need help around the, you know, around Nashville at any properties, let me know. So they had like three or four churches that, that were kind of like in limbo. Maybe they're going to sell them. They weren't sure. Cause there wasn't much happening there. You know, the congregation was closed down or something or it moved and their buildings were for sale. And so like, yeah, could you mow these? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I would do that. And there was this one of them that, you know, this is at a time where I was, I was very happy where I was at. Like it was a great church with great folks, great, you know, my pastor, uh, Ryan was just such a good mentor and I loved working with him. Um, I was, you know, an associate on staff at his church, just kind of like helping him out behind the scenes with, with a lot of that stuff. And I loved it there. And, um, and, and then all of a sudden 
uh, God started being like, hey, um, I'm out at this property mowing and, and I just felt this like drawing there. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And so um, I started talking with the district leadership and they're like, yeah, if you want to go like preach there a couple times. And then and so I went and preached there to fill in. And then all of a sudden it was like the people like, hey, could you be our pastor? I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't work that way. Like, I can't just <laughs> say yes to that. Like there's a process that the district has to go through. And so that was a, a big, long story that, you know, isn't here nor there for this podcast. But, um, you know, I'm uh, I'm eventually I, I start there. I'm, I'm leading that congregation like I'm jumping in feet first, like, OK, here we go. Uh, I'm going to learn some stuff, you know, and and about about leading a church. And so it, it, I didn't feel like um, I didn't feel like I needed to be running my lawn service anymore because it was just dividing my time so much. And I was focused on it too much and really wasn't getting the, the satisfaction or enjoyment out of it. And I'd moved 30 minutes away to the church's uh, parsonage so I could be closer to where that church was. And and so I'm like, you know what? I still need an income, though, because that was a church that didn't really provide one. It provided a house, but not an income. So I'm like, I need money. And right. and so I remember talking with you and like, hey, I might be interested sometime in coming to work for you. And you're like, OK, you know, I will hire you like today. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not ready today. Well, I was like, give me a couple months and we'll see what happens. And then like a couple weeks later or maybe not even that long, you're like, I need you right now. Um, <laughs> and do you remember why? Do you remember what had happened? I remember so many things that happened. <laughs> I mean, um, it was I a... went through a couple individuals, one that we both knew. Yeah. Um, no, this was, and... well, yeah, there was that. <laughs> there was that. There was another guy that I'd hired, and he was, he, he worked for me for three weeks, and he filled the diesel truck up with gas. That was it. And then he, well, that was, I think that might've been the final straw. That was the final final straw. straw. Like, I think he had done some other stuff, but that was the one where you, I think you called me literally on the way to pick him up off the side of the road Yeah, because he had ruined, and it was a, it was a rental truck too. It wasn't even like a company truck. He was in a Penske. It was. Well, what was terrible is he didn't just like fill it up with gas and he filled it up and drove it. Exactly. He filled it up and he turned it on <laughs> and went for a drive oh, with, you know, 8,000 pounds of cargo in the back. It was like, oh, I only went a couple miles and then it messed up. Oh, yeah, no, no kidding, man. man. Yeah. And then then before that, he like was on the forklift and like rose it up in the thing and popped, you know, part of the fiberglass roof off. And before that, I mean, who hasn't like stupid. pushed on the roof a little bit with the forklift because they weren't paying attention? Like, sure. We all have. Yeah, yeah. All of us have falling short right now, there. Now, you but... know what he didn't do? He didn't leave the truck running all night multiple <laughs> times during his tenure there. I, I don't think right. he did. Uh, we had somebody nope. else that did that once. No. Nope. Um, uh, then... There's still a list at that office, <laughs> oh. actually, that has been handed down been handed from down. manager to manager. Good. When I, uh, <laughs> yep. I took a promotion years later, <laughs> and I handed the list to the guy who took over, and I said, this is now your responsibility anytime really, really not smart things happen. You write them on this list. <laughs> and then when I, he moved on, he did the same thing good. handed down. So I'm glad that to hear list it. still exists. I remember yeah. what that notepad looks like because um, <laughs> yeah. I started that note. And, uh, <coughs> and and to be honest, like there was probably the best story was after my time there, after I had moved down here to Florida. Like I came back to visit, I'm hanging out. And I remember that manager telling the story. Like you were like, hey, tell him about the guy driving the forklift out of the truck. <laughs> and I was like, I've got to hear this. And so hearing, like watching him tell this story was great. But a, the guy like 
didn't lock the parking brake on the truck and it's fine on or level put it in park or put it, it in park it's just in neutral it also had a parking gear he just <laughs> left it in neutral and was like that's good that's good enough and so like he's going in and out from the loading dock into the truck and then like hit the gas really hard in reverse and like the reverse motion of the tires pushed the truck forward but when you're in that truck driving in and out you're like in this tunnel and you yeah, don't really have much sensation of what's happening. Well, there. there's so much movement happening. A lot. The truck is when you rocking. drive in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently he shot the truck out from underneath the forklift, and the whole forklift went like what almost four feet down to the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, at least four, four and a half feet. Amazingly, yeah, didn't height. kill it or himself. Yeah, it landed on its. Uh, so apparently, it lands on on the four wheels, and from the inside, <laughs> all the manager hears is. Ah! And he so he goes out there and sees the guy just gripping the steering wheel, screaming. Ah! I just I'm just picturing that when he's telling that story. I'm like, oh my goodness, dude, what a bad day! Um, what a bad day for that. And and what a testimony to those forklifts like surviving that. I mean, because that's like still there. seven or eight thousand pounds just straight down onto the concrete. That forklift still there, still works, still works, man. Um, that's amazing, but you know, that, that job had its hard moments, but overall, like it was, it wasn't bad. I mean, like if I was still living up there, I would probably be just as happy continuing to work there in some capacity. Um, sure. I wouldn't want to be doing those early mornings at, anymore though. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were rough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was fun. It had its enjoyable moments for sure. Um, yeah. and I look back, you know, fondly at that. I mean, I've had quite a few little jobs here and there. Um, and I know you have too, but I mean, that one was a good time. And, you know, we, we got to work with some folks that, you know, were, were some good friends at, you know, at different times too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, you know, so, um, you know, <laughs> I, rem- I still remember a guy that had come in. He had actually, he had actually shot somebody in the leg <laughs> for whatever the reason was. And, we told him, like, people would come in and be like, hey, can I work here? And, and you would ask anybody, like, okay, but I'm telling you, if you have any convictions on your record, like, I can't do anything about it, this company won't hire you. Right. And this right. dude... Or at least tell me on the front end, like, prepare me, let me know yeah. if something's going to come up. Yeah. So I can see if we can make it work. This guy was like, nah, man, There's everything's nothing. good, <laughs> I'm good to go. He fills out an application, and then, yeah... I get a, a comment back from the HR team. They're like, yeah, this guy did a decade in prison uh, for <laughs> shooting someone. And so I, I think I had to call him back and tell him, you know, we, we had to move on to a different candidate, you know, give the HR spiel. And then we're sitting in the office one day and there's a camera up in mm-hmm. the corner and we see his truck pull in. And I remember looking at you going, well, today's the day. <laughs> I, I remember, and I'm not going to say his name, but like, you're like, you're like, hey, so-and-so is going to come shoot us today. Like, this is the day, you know, that is happening. And I just remember that. There was also another guy that had, had done time for legit killing someone. And he never did anything negative towards us, but we knew that had happened. And so we would hit the Dunkin' Donuts a lot before work and, and just have them, but we would keep them in like the side office, you know, like the manager of the whole thing. And um, I remember when that guy would show up though, we'd be like, hey man, you want some donuts? You know, like we would always donuts, share dude? whatever we had with him and his crew. Like we're like, just oh. want to make sure, you know, to stay on this guy's good side. It was like, uh, what was that um, um, movie with, uh, it was like Steve Buscemi and, uh, um, Billy, was it Billy Madison, I think, 
one of those, one oh, of those movies of him it's where he's a, like, a, a Billy glad, Madison, glad Billy I called that guy. Yeah, it's Billy, he's like, yeah. glad I called that guy, you know? Yeah, because yeah, he, he calls and apologizes and he pulls out a he's list like, oh, and okay. marks off his name. <laughs> Guess I don't have to don't have to hurt him, you know? Yeah. And then he then he goes back to putting his lipstick <laughs> on. his lipstick on. One of the best scenes. Yeah, he's like, glad I called that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, glad man. I called that guy. Or Dane Cook uh, feeding a candy bar to, uh, <laughs> you know, to we the, first started the weird conversation, that's what I was thinking. That one guy yeah. in the office that might go with a shotgun and like take everybody out one day when he snaps, like make sure you always like hook him up with something. Yeah, so he's like, the candy oh, you're cool. You know, I'll yeah. leave you alone. He, you he know. goes from office to office. <laughs> oh, hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> he goes on about his business. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Dan Cook, man, I feel like it was, he definitely had a certain type of comedy. He did. And it's humor, not for everyone. And, it's not, and it took me a while to come around to it. It did. But then once I did, it was like he went from, like, this level of fame. He just disappeared. I don't know what happened to he him. He was just gone. Him and, like, um, uh, another one was John Caparulo. I always liked yeah. him, the short little kind of roly-poly guy. And, yeah. and like, he had this, like, stuttering act that he, not really stuttering, but just kind of tripping over his words and stuff. And he just had this perfect timing with it. And it was, it was a very unique comedy that he had that was really good. And it's like, what happened to him? You know, where'd he right. go? So, Sometimes they just disappear, man. Yeah, maybe they, maybe it wasn't the life for them. You know, they're yeah, like, maybe they decided they didn't want to want it anymore. They're like, you know, I can do this, but it's a lot of travel, and you know, maybe they got you know got it married or had a family or whatever. They're like, this isn't for me, right? You know, so I don't know. Um, I mean, and I think there's probably a bit of a lesson in that for all of us. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, you might have found yourself trapped in something you don't want to do. I mean, you were talking about, you know, even your cleaning business. You know, you could have made really killer money off of that you know if you'd stuck with it over the years but at the same time it's it's like almost impossible to you know be a family man or to you know to be there with your family or whatever if you're up all night you know cleaning and and it's just it's difficult so yeah you're it's at a that's like it's not for days. me anymore yeah yeah it's hard it's even hard to do vacation oh yeah you can't get jobs. out of town you I can't mean, do any of that yeah unless you've got quality people that work for you which is a whole another story yeah, man that's difficult um, right yeah, being able to take off is, is just brutal. So the, those are tough jobs, and well, it so, goes to people who do them. So, like, you've been in charge of hiring um, and letting go. I mean, that's part of your job. And that's, like, if you really look forward to that, it's never good. I mean, there's some times where you're like, man, I'm so ready for this person to not be here anymore because they've caused so many problems. But overall, right. we never, like, look forward to firing anyone. But, I mean, you've hired no. a lot of people. How yes. many, like, how many candidates do you feel like you have to go through i don't just mean resumes i mean actually like how many hires do you go through on the average for an average position just to like get the person you're looking for i mean does you it know, feel like it's pretty high it, it's different now right so with the the distribution company we both work together at i got i moved into a regional operations position and i and i yeah. helped by the end i covered i think 14 branches one time was my biggest region um and that was like in seven or eight states and so I had to keep managers in each of those. Right. And then if they were short, like say there was no manager, then I would hire for the drivers or get the salesman to help me. And sometimes you were having to travel there and fill in for a couple of weeks to like patch stuff up right. where there's leaks and stuff. And so let's go back four or five years, you'd put an ad out for a driver or a manager and you would get 100, 200 applicants, um, which isn't the same anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, but you would get that. And I always said 10%. So if there was 200 people and I called or emailed all of them, 
Yeah. Maybe 20 would call me back. Wow. Then out of that 20, I talked to all of them. I probably wouldn't want to talk to more than two to four of them anyway. Then I would call. Yeah, because you'd have like criteria. You'd kind of filter them out. Here's your top few candidates. You're going to call them first. You're going to contact them first. In that that arena, I would still invite more, like the maybes and the probably nots. I would probably still invite them because maybe sometimes you're just not great at writing a resume. That's true. You're anxious or nervous on the phone. And if, what, I feel like if I what get about the in a room, guy that drove dump truck 15 year? Oh, man. That was you know, a fabulous get, resume. You'd get resumes like that more than you could imagine where it was just like, I work hard. Um, I drive truck around review job. Yeah, it's like, um, what? There, I don't even know what you're saying. Just, like, I need a, I feel like I need a decoder, like a, a you, thing to put over like it. It's like a six-year-old had written them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so those are instant, those are instant no's for me. If I'm looking at your resume, um, those are just hard passes. Um, yeah. But I would say, yeah, 10 to, 10 to 20% was usually my rule. And so you would interview these guys and then you'd call and say, you talked to 10 people that you wanted to come show up in person. Maybe one or two of them shows up. Um, which just always just kind of blew my mind. But there were certain times you just get lucky and you you see a resume and you're like, this guy. And yeah. then you call him and you talk to him or girl or whatever. And they're like, instantly you're like, this is the person. They've got this. And I made a couple lucky hires like that where sure. found a resume, you know, in the, in the top of the pile, knew that they were going to be it, talked to him, had dinner with him. They were it. There was other times at branches where went through six managers in three years. Yeah. And you know, to my knowledge at that business, I'm not there anymore. They're still trying to find the right manager for that location because it's in a tough city. Yeah. And so those, there's so many factors when you're talking about hiring, sure. you know, what's going to make somebody efficient and functional in a position. And so some of that might have something to do with the region, you know, like, I mean, the region of the country, that part of that country, maybe that city or that state, um, not necessarily their educational system, but like some of the things they're doing to, um, you know, like, what are they doing to actually produce individuals who are going to be good for businesses? You know, people that are ready to work. You know, any anyone can produce um, store clerks, construction workers, not knocking on them. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't take any kind of special training. But some, you know, like in Florida, they've got a lot of programs in some of their public schools that are focusing people on job readiness, even in high school ages. So that if they go to a college, if they go to a tech or a trade school, you know, they've actually kind of learned a lot. Of stuff to be really um, hireable, and right. and so I mean you know we can knock a lot on like state-run educational institutions and things like that. I think some of that's fair, but you know if there's something that they could excel at, that's one of the things. You know so so much, and I think I'm not a politics guy, but I know I remember like George Bush when he was president getting into this like no child left behind stuff, and they're so focused on testing scores and not actually on the finished. I don't want to call it product, but like the finished thing, the finished work. And when kids are graduating, like, are you actually going to be useful in a in a job setting somewhere? Because you've got to be. Well, and I feel like our our school system is so antiquated. The idea of how it works is yeah. is so far past where we are as a society. In the sense of, I don't need to be in ninth or tenth grade in high school <clears throat> telling you what the presidents were. I don't. That's a that is so far gone. Um, I can look that up on my phone. I don't need to. I don't need to know that yeah. anymore. And let's be honest, at zero points in my life, besides trivia night, you know, at the local sub shop, yeah, do I need to know who the thirty second president was? 
Oh man, you, you just don't you. you don't need that in life. I think our I have, high school should be focused on trades, yeah, and and interests that kids have so they can be successful in those and, jobs. And that's not saying like some old timer like, oh, we've got to be, you know, we got to have manufacturing and this and that. I mean, yeah, I think there's some merit to that, but but you know, trades can. It doesn't have to be like the trades of you know. 40 years ago, where it's like you have a, I mean, I think a shop class would be fantastic. And I think it's very necessary. Um, yeah. You know, look how many, just how many people actually don't know anything about the car they drive. And if like, if, if something goes wrong, they're screwed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but beyond that, I mean, you know, it could be computer program. It could be whatever. I don't care, but be ready for something by the time you graduate high school, because college honestly isn't for everyone. I mean, I don't follow him all the time, but I, I agree with a lot of what Mike Rowe says. You know, he's got, like, I think it's Mike Rowe Works and some other stuff that he does where he's, he's like, saying, hey, I don't hate colleges, but, man, don't try to force every kid to go to college. Right. And, you know, you didn't, like, did you ever go to any, like, um, did you ever hit college at all, like a community college thing or anything? No, um, I mean, I never I never finished high school. Right. I got my GED. Right. And then uh, I looked at some college programs. Uh, but like, what what, what is it going to benefit you where me? you're at right now? Well, I mean, let's go. You go back even six, seven years ago. Uh, the the whole reason I got my GED is they they hired at that distribution center. They hired an operations manager, and he had picked me along with some other guys to kind of test us and see you know our readiness to take on bigger roles. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, I was reviewing your personnel file today, <laughs> and I don't see any. Where where did you graduate high school?" And I was like, "Oh, I, I didn't." And he was like, well, you sound educated enough. He's like, I assumed you had like an associate's degree or bachelor's degree. And I was like, no, man, I, you know, I just read a lot. Um, and he was like, well, you need to go at least get your GED done. He's like, just yeah. go knock that out so we can have it on, on, on paper in case somebody ever asks. Um, and so I did that. And then I looked at the college stuff. But at that point in time, am I going to go take a generic business logistics you know, degree? And are they going to teach me anything I don't already know? I mean, what you've yeah. already learned in, you know, what's it been probably about, you know, eight or nine years since you like kind of moved into that, um, you know, just kind of managing that warehouse distribution center, you know, about right. nine years ago or so. I mean, just from what you've learned from then on, you know, you've learned a ton of stuff in the job, but you also apply yourself to what you're doing. And like you say, you, you can read stuff. I mean, just just grabbing your phone, you know, you can you can be connected to all the knowledge of the world right there. And mm-hmm. that's not saying college is worthless, but if you find yourself in a, in a position where you don't feel like you're a hundred percent there, find something. I don't care whether it's a book, an audio book. I mean, at this point here, we are doing a podcast. One of the things over the last several years, and especially during the pandemic is like everybody and their brothers doing a podcast. And I think that's good because, Hey, this one might not be everyone's cup of tea right here, but at the same time, there's going to be something that piques your interest. And I listen to a few pretty regularly. And then I get some guys like, oh, you got to listen to this one. And I try it out. I'm like, no, thanks. It's just yeah, a bunch of dudes talking over each other. I'm not interested in that. You know, if I wanted that, I'd go watch The View on ABC or whatever. <laughs> um, and it, which I can't stand. Like, yeah, I don't even care about their I opinions. It's just where they're like, though. yeah. Uh. <laughs> but, oh, man. but yeah, I mean. What was that movie that she did back in the 90s? Uh, she was the ghost. No, not ghost. <laughs> no, 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 With no, Patrick no, no. Swayze. No, no, uh, no. We're not making any pottery tonight, buddy. Mm. Um, no, uh, sister something where oh. she was in the singing. Oh yeah. Like the choir. The sisterhood that or whatever. Was, 
or no, whatever. I remember there yeah, was a couple. But I remember what it was. He was like sister act, sister act, sister act. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. I loved that. I loved Whoopi as a kid, um, and that's you know that's what I hate about all of the celebrity now, though or at least a bunch of them. I don't want your opinion. I want you yeah. to be a celebrity and do like a movie or sing a song, and then I want it to end there. I don't yeah. want to know your opinion because it's going to sway my opinion now of your art or your work. Right. And it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, there's actually some where I'm like, you know, I've I've actually become unfan, like a non-fan anymore. It's like I don't have any yeah. animosity. I just, I mean, I used to love the band U2. And, <laughs> and I still, like, I mean, I say used to. I mean, I loved their stuff up until, like, I don't know, 1987, 89, somewhere around there. And then after that, it kind of got weird. But... Sometimes and they I just forced like, their whole album on your iPhone. And so that, that was the you? thing. Like whenever that <laughs> happened a few years back, I'm like, how do I delete? I can't even delete this. You know, like this is this is the worst. It, does it get any worse than that? I don't know if it I does. Don't think, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think it gets any worse than a, an album getting put on your iPhone. Well, you can't take it off. And, and let's be honest. Like, what do you remember the, the the like the album cover for that? It was like two dudes was, hugging, but it was like. As if one of them was pregnant, almost like that pose, like where he's down, like hugging the belly of the other guy. It was terrible. It was there just was not a single good song on there. No, there wasn't. I tried. Was like bad. I tried to like it. I um, did too. There was some stuff from uh, what was it? How to dismantle an atomic bomb? I think was the name of the one album a few years before <laughs> that. That I kind of like. This isn't bad. This is kind of getting back to the roots. It's still not Joshua Tree. It's not War or Boy or whatever. But it's it's all right. Um, right. But dude. It, that was the only decent thing, and maybe like I think I like "Beautiful Day" from that. Um, what was the name of that album? Where they're in like the Heathrow Airport on the cover. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. I like "Beautiful that Day" one, and maybe like a couple song. other songs. Yeah. Like that one wasn't a terrible album, um, but you know, like all through the 2000s, they just didn't have anything that I cared for, and and it's like I understand if you want to have a like a cause to support. You know, they did like the. What was it? Uh, Band Aid or Farm Aid or whatever they did in right. the 80s. Like, okay, that's cool. You know, supporting like war torn countries that are in poverty and famines and stuff. That's good. Do that. But then when they just go around on all this media tour and just start like ripping on countries and presidents and kings and rulers, it's like, who are you, man? You're a you're right. a singer, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> you're a singer. Why don't you focus we'll on just... the crappy albums you've been making and do better on those? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think I think you know to your to your education point is. I don't know what we're going to do as a society in 10 to 15 years, especially here, because there was a report that I read eight years ago talking about like the plumbers then mm. won't be around by 2025, yeah. 2030, like some 80% of plumbers won't be around in the next 10 years. Wow. So what do you do then? I mean, I've, I've got a couple good friends that are plumbers. Uh, and if I called one of them right now, they're a month out. Yeah, it's like you won't even be able to hire your friends to come around because they're just so slammed. They're so slammed, yeah. and we're not teaching – because the thing for, what, the past 30, 40, 50 years even, go to college, go to college, go to college. Go go acquire a bunch of debt. No, that's not going to stop. Somebody's <laughs> walking past my house apparently. Um, go acquire a bunch of debt to learn how to do something that as soon as you start that job, they're going to go, okay, we'll teach you how to do the job now. Yeah. But the longest time was if that if that four years wasn't on the on the resume, oh, man. you weren't you know willing to stick it out and waste time and money for four years. At least that's my opinion. It's not for everybody. If you're going to be a teacher, or a mathematician, or a doctor, go to college. There's some stuff you've got um, to go to college for. I mean, like you know, especially like medical stuff, lawyer stuff, whatever. Like there's a ton of stuff, and and even right. some trades. Like you can't just jump in and start slapping pipes together and call it good. 
Right. You've got to have, but you can have that training on the job with a good apprentice program, you know, an internship kind of thing. But you can also go to a trade school and like knock it out in like, what, 18 months or something? A lot of them, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of them are. And I think what people don't understand, and I think kids nowadays, you know, Julian being the youngest, he's 13, you know, he's asking those questions. How much do you make? Yeah. Like kind of trying to gauge, like, what am I going to have to earn to have a certain lifestyle? And I talk to him about trades all the time because I'm like, here's the deal. You're starting electrician or trash guy or plumber that 20 years ago or 10 years ago was making 40, 45 his first year. He's going to be making 60 or 70 his first year. Yeah. And then I've got a guy that I know that welds. He makes well over $200,000 a year and he welds on his own time. Now, he does say that's his, that's his like business or his side hustle or whatever. I mean, that's not like working for someone. Hope he does his own thing. And now, he does he have a shop heavy. or is he just working yeah. around his place? Nope. He's got a big, you know, 40 by 40 building that he works out yeah. of. And, but that was all grown over time. Oh, right? sure. He started, he learned, right? He went to trade school. He worked with a guy for years. And then on the side, he started, you know, making stair, yeah. stair, uh, the railing. Oh, yeah. They're making that. Absolutely. And then got really successful with that, you know, built his shop, kept going. And now I see him welding that one day, welding a frame the next day or downtown welding a bucket for somebody. Nice. So is he, um, he has like a mobile mobile truck too. I mean, that's kind yeah, of like you got to. You've um, got to when he's built himself two of them over the year. And then I literally saw on Facebook the other day he bought a bucket truck. Nice. Like I found some instances where a bucket truck would be great. <laughs> and so now he's going to have three rigs for one welder. Um, but that's just how successful he is. And he doesn't have to have any employees working with him or anything to be there. I mean, maybe like a bookkeeper, you know, something like that. Maybe a little social media manager. I mean, that goes a long way. Maybe, uh, you know, it just depends on how involved you want to be with all that stuff. I mean, maybe you got to act for it. But that's the thing is just like, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think, I think even I was taught as a kid to kind of look down on people who did those jobs. Like they were, you know, the mechanics, yeah, the, the plumbers, they were kind of people that, that came around to help the rest of us live the life comfortably. <laughs> right. Um, but the reality is they do make our lives comfortable and they're disappearing. And that's why the cost of their services have gone through the roof. Yeah. And I, I don't see that changing. You're not replacing your plumber out with a robot anytime soon. No. But your cashier and the order taker at McDonald's won't exist in a decade, I don't believe. No. and I don't think they'll be there anymore. And that's the thing, you know, I mean, I remember reading a little bit about that idea you know people saying like oh you know i don't like to use the you know the self-checkout thing because it's taking somebody's job away or this or that and and first of all i like i pick the line at the grocery store there's not a bagger because i'm actually so much better at how just at how i want it done i'm not saying they don't know their job i'm saying i'm so much better at knowing what i want and like i'm gonna put the refrigerator stuff like I use the paper bag still and it's like, I'm going to put the refrigerator stuff in one of those. I'm going to put the pantry stuff here. I'm going to put some other stuff here. You know, like I'm just going to do it how I want and where it makes sense. It doesn't matter. They all come into the house. They all go on the dining table and get sorted out from there. But I'm right. still like, I guess it's a minor OCD on stuff, you know? And so that's my OCD coming through. But, sure. but, but so, so like technology, it, it, it might take a person's job, but it doesn't, mm-hmm take jobs from the economy like it doesn't remove the total number of jobs over time it actually creates more jobs technology right. creates more jobs and and you might fall victim to that because it took your job you know like mcdonald's right. makes a, a robot that assembles burgers okay sorry you know like we just took three people's jobs from 
with a robot at McDonald's. But, you know, that's also a, a call that like today is the day. Now is the time to start preparing for something that you didn't want to work in McDonald's your whole life anyway. You didn't want to work as a bagger or a grocery checker or whatever your whole life anyway, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, right. So like this is the day to start preparing for where you want to be. And, and you were talking about Julie and your son, you know, you're talking, he's asking her, like, what does this job pay? What does this job pay? And those are good questions to ask. But also, just, like, for anybody out there kind of hearing that, don't just pick a job based on how much it'll pay. Right. That's, like, terrible advice, you know? No, it's, it's bad. It's it's bad. Like, I, you know, I didn't grow up super wealthy by any means. I yeah. grew up, you know, kind of on the poor side of things. Then well, we already you know, established you lived in a trailer for a while. This so, is true. Yeah, we hey, knew that. We wealthy. knew that. You don't know. Um, I mean, my we, family. Uh, my family had multiple Chevy Cavaliers. Like, if that tells you <laughs> our economic status, I think I think that's how we should start planning. We had a Pinto <laughs> when we lived at the trailer park. Oh yeah, that's so. fantastic. Like they hadn't made them for like thirty years at that point. We'll just use cars well, as the way to balance out how we're doing financially because that works. <laughs> That math works actually. I like it. Does, it. it does. Um, I drove a Saturn uh, when I worked those two jobs. Yes, you did. And it always had a spare somewhere on it. Yeah. Because I couldn't afford four new tires <laughs> at the time. Um, oh, but so man. no, like living that way, starting my life, you know, incredibly young, without any opportunity for these things like education and whatnot. I I think that really kind of set my mind for a while and a long time to chase like money and things. And so that was always the, the, the thing. Like, yeah. How do we get more? What do we do? I took the job, you know, traveling, everything else. And so last year when I, I retired or resigned from the last company, I'd been with them for almost a decade and I made really good money there. Um, I mean, I took over a, a $30,000 annual cut to take the job I have now. Um, but I'm substantially happier because yeah. that extra money didn't really it didn't really afford me anything in my life that I don't already have now in the sense of like, uh, like happiness or sure. enjoyment, right? Like did it add some comfort and could we save and invest a little more? Yeah. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like if I go tomorrow, do I want to be stressed out and angry the night before I pass away because I'm worried about work? Right. Or do I like the job I'm at now? It's a busy job and it, it can be stressful at times. But it's really not, and I work for great people, and my stress levels greatly decreased, and so is my paycheck, and that's okay. Um, because to your point, it's not all about that. But I think, I think in the questions he's asking, and what some people need to look at, like, is what what's the life I want to live? Right? Is it? Yeah. Do I want to work thirty hours a week and be able to travel the world? Well, what do I need to earn to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's I think that's fine and good. But to your point, you're chasing dollars isn't for everyone. And I think a lot of people find out when they chase that money, it doesn't give you what you thought it was going to. Well, and, and, and you know, you, like you're saying, you got to find like that equilibrium of like, what do you want and what are you willing to give for that? And right. it's the same thing with having like a bit of a gut. You're kind of like, you know what, um, would I like to be 20 to 30 pounds lighter? Yeah, I'd feel better probably. But I also happen to enjoy food quite a bit. Which is why yep. this is here, that, and I'm almost 40, so, like, the metabolism shifts and all that. But it's, like, you got to find that happiness equilibrium. Like, oh, I'd like to be here with the weight, but I'd like to be here with the food. So we got to find that balance. It's, it's the same thing with a lot of places in life, you know? I love pizza. and It's you so know, good. I, 
I can I can drop 20 pounds real quick, but then I haven't had pizza in the past month and a half. Yeah. And then I gain five pounds to have the pizza. Mm. And that's just where I'm going to live, I've decided. I've yeah. decided I'm going to live in this state where I can go about six weeks without pizza. What? And then I'm going to revert back to who I was yeah. six weeks prior now, because I need that pizza. Now, that is – like when we worked at that warehouse together, we had so <laughs> many pizzas. We had a $5 bill. <laughs> but like, because like one of us would be like, "Hey, uh, if you drive, you know, I'll buy the the five dollar pizza from Little Caesars," and um, and so it's like, okay, and then like like the next like the next day we're getting another pizza, and it's like like let's say I had gotten it the other, you know, or you had or whatever, and then you're like, "Hey, if you go get pizza, here's five bucks," and I'm like, "Hey, that's the yeah. same five dollar bill <laughs> that I gave you yesterday," you know, and so we ended up pass- so we just wrote pizza money on it, and we kept passing I that wish same one bill of us around. Still had it. Well, I know, um, I know, we, I know who we can blame for that. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it was David. I won't say his last name, but I, it was David, sure if you're David. listening, you know it was you. You that spent right. that money because he, he went to get the, pizza, the money, and he went, mm-hmm. he went to get it, and then, and and he got the five dollar bill that way. But then, um, then he spent that on something else sometime. You know, and you know, and and not to throw him in particular under the bus. I mean, I feel I like it was that, fair just for that one thing. He spent literally can, the pizza money. Completely fair, I think, but I think that is is a picture of that five dollar bill was important to you and I. It was, and it was not important to him, right? And so, to no fault of his own, we thought that was a great, funny thing to do back and forth, and we needed that yeah. five dollar <laughs> bill. And he came and just, you know, definitely rained on our parade a bit. I mean, it just really let the but air out of the balloon, you know. He just didn't find value in that in that five dollar bill like we did. And I think that's that's true for life, right? Yeah, but you know what? There's another thing too, and I just thought, okay, so like I'm I'm a pastor, and one of the things that I do is uh, talk to people before they get married, and I really need to start like trying to just like have this like, hey, you really shouldn't get married, like not because of each of you, just in general, just try to really unsell them on the whole idea, and if they're like, no, we're doing it, it's like, okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew, you know, <laughs> like like really get them prepared by trying to like downplay the whole thing, but um. What I tell them is I'm like, okay, listen, here's here's why so many marriages fail. It's not because of money. It's not because of fights about money. It's not because of families. It's not because of this or that. It's because of um, unmet, uncommunicated expectations, right? Right. Like, like I expected that you would do this, but you didn't. Like, I thought I'd come home to a hot meal every night in a clean house, but apparently you're a slob who can't cook, you know? That's right. no way reflective of my life. That's just, you know, a situation that it could be. Um, right. I mean, definitely my wife doesn't cook very much. Um, like, I'm, I'm the one that cooks in the house. I can come home from working a lot. But then she comes home to a warm meal. So as long as No, 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 she's getting... been home. And is, like, just hanging out with our kid, and they're doing whatever. And she's like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm like... Yeah, there's food, you know, in the fridge. And you know, she's watching this right now. Yeah, well, absolutely. Planning, she's planning your no, accidental I'm, death. I'm, so my phone's speak. here and like I've been getting there it is. As I say, I've been getting texts, you know, and I'm just waiting from her? for that. Yeah, just here and oh, there. Okay. Like she texted yeah. Sister Act earlier, like as we were stumbling over that. She's like, Sister Act. And probably but like I, there it is. I got us there. It says, How dare you? You know? <laughs> like <laughs> and so so she knows this though. She she doesn't really mm-hmm. like she can she can she has a sign that's like uh the food groups in this house are like boxed frozen and canned or whatever something like that i'm sure i'll get a text about that too but um but but like you know i look at 
ingredients. I look at what is in the pantry, what is in the fridge, what is in the freezer, and I'm like, how can I create something out of this? So the other day we had a, we'd gone to, um, um, I think it's Texas Roadhouse, and we'd gotten, we'd each gotten a prime rib, and we're like, let's go like medium rare, and they're like, okay, so barely touched by the heat at all, like totally rare, hundred percent rare, like whatever, you know. So I ate a little bit of it, but it was like just still just a touch undercooked for what I wanted. And, right. and I, it's prime rib, so, like, it's supposed to be pretty rare, but I'm like, you know, whatever. So we took it home, you know, whatever we didn't eat, we took it home because it was a pretty big portion. And the next day I'm looking at this, I'm like, what can I make out of this? Well, I had some mushrooms, had some, like, pasta in the pantry. I'm like, okay, I can make a little gravy with, like, some mushrooms and, like, I have some, like, beef, um, not boolean, but the, the paste or the uh, beef beef base, whatever. So, yeah. like, I make a little bit of a, a beef gravy sauce kind of thing, you know, boil some noodle or like some uh, shells and then like chop the, the prime rib up and let it cook just a little bit in the mushroom gravy stuff that I did. And like, just kind of put that over the pasta. It, I don't know if it would have passed anything at a restaurant, but it was pretty dang good. I'm looking at ingredients saying, what can I make? And so a lot of folks can't do that. So anyway, you know, I might've, if I had had this expectation when I was getting married, like, Hey, I'm going to come home to a cooked meal every night. It's like, apparently, no, I'm not. And, and so people do that stuff and they have these expectations, but they don't communicate them to their, right. to their spouse, to their partner, whatever. They're like, Hey, this is what I'm expecting is going to happen in this scenario, this situation. Like we're going to save this much money or we're going to make this much money. And then you find out like one's a spender and one's not or something like that. And you're like, Oh, we didn't meet my expectations, but did you actually right. talk about them? Did you communicate right. them? <clears throat> right. I agree. I think, you know, I mean, they say the number one reason for divorce is finances. But and it's, it's not finances. There, it's not having right. good communication about finances. Well, it's on the front end. You let your, you know, desire, luster, initial interest in that person outweigh logic. Oh, for right? sure. You said I'm yeah. more attracted to this person than anything else than I've ever been. And so logic and two and three and 10 and 20 years down the road need not apply here because our love will see us through. <laughs> and I think, I think what people forget with that is like hormones will not see you through. Nope. Um, it's just not going to be the end well, all be all of things. And, and people like every single one of us changes over time, whatever our experience yeah. are, our jobs, the people we know, the things that we, the, the trials, the hardships we go through, all those things change us and shape us. And, and I mean, like we were talking earlier about like, that guy that came and applied that had done a dime in prison. And we're like, I still remember his name. I remember what his truck looks like. And this was eight plus years ago. And I remember well, that you thought you were going to die. Oh yeah, that too. And, <laughs> and to be, to be fair, this was, a, he seemed like a pretty cool guy, but like, he did. I would hang with he him. gave us the story. Like, well, you see what had happened was, and it's like, we know at that point, like none of these things actually happened the way you're going to tell us. Right. Um, but, you know, all those every little interaction, every little thing changes or, or imprints on us in some way. And so, like, whatever, whoever you married 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 years ago is going to be different now than they were right. then. And you are, too. And so you've got to be committed to each other um, that you're going to love them in those changes. You know, like right. you're not just going to be looking back at how things were back then and say, oh, I love that person. It's like, no, you've got to love them now, too. And so right. you've got to be willing to do those changes. And I think a lot of people aren't committed to that. And and so that's, you know, that's when things start to fall apart. Well, to your point, there's just not enough 
communication about it on the front end. Yeah. And like no one comes along and tell like I feel like so rarely do people come along and tell you the truth. <laughs> right? It's, I just I don't feel like that's a an aspect of this life that we live in. Like people get pregnant and people are like, Oh my god, congratulations, this is gonna be the greatest joy oh of your my life. Goodness, you're not gonna see You ask you ask me that? Somebody tells me they're having a kid? I'm like, I hope you're healthy. I hope the baby's healthy. For the next year, you're not going to have any money or any sleep or any None. peace. You're, some, some thing, some little tiny human is going to pee and poop on you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you in know, your mouth on all of those yeah, things. Thousand percent. And then three or four years down the road when they've, doo -doo 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 -doo, and they've grown up a little bit. And you think, oh, things are good. They're <laughs> they're gonna sleep in their bed all night. And you close your bedroom door and turn that lock, hoping you're gonna have some private time. And <laughs> ten minutes later, this is happening. No one tells you that. I tell you that. Yeah. Come across me and tell me you're having a kid. I'll tell you all the truth you want in the world. But nobody else does that. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna marry this person. Well, as long as you're happy and you guys love each oh, other. Come on. Because that's how it works in the movies, right? <laughs> nobody comes along and tells you that. No, you know, yeah. nobody comes along and it's like honest with you. Yeah. And I think this this current generation, whatever the the twenties and unders are right yeah. now, I don't even know if they're Generation X or whatever they are. I think they're um, Z's now, or maybe that's my kids' gen. I don't even remember. I should know this exactly. Like because of my role as a pastor, I'm supposed to know these things, and I <laughs> honestly forget what letter we're on at what stage. You know, so I don't know. Well, let's let's call it the twenty fives and unders. They have never grown up without high speed and. Yeah, they've always had it. Yeah, they've and for most of them since middle school, high school, they've had iPhones that also got them that information right away. But what that also means is the social media and the impact from that. All they see, all they follow, are people who are incredibly successful or good looking and have all these things that they want. Now that's their expectation. Ours were movies, right? Right. Like we watched movies, and those set our expectations. These group of kids, their expectations are just really going to be tough to, to obtain. I, I just thought of something you should do. Like, you're the perfect guy for this. You could do, <laughs> instead of like the, all these influencers that are now, is TikTok now, but let's just say, let's just pretend it was still YouTube. Um, okay. You know, like, you could be like the, the realistic expectations guy that's like, listen, <laughs> you know, here's life. And just like, just like have these videos that you drop every day, like, you know, hey, I'm walking out to my truck and, oh, the battery's dead and the coolant leaked out of it, you know, because the radiator's <laughs> shot. And I've got to I got to figure out how to patch that up so that I can get to my job, you know, just whatever. Just like setting all these expectations. I feel like you could pull that off and just no, like, and like give idea. little moral lessons to kids along the way and be like, listen, I'm here. Like, I'm your guy that's going to help you figure this stuff out. No, I like that. I uh, I was I had to go to Kroger today to pick a few things up, and I almost took a picture and sent it to a bunch <laughs> of people because I was walking through the beer aisle to get to the back of Kroger, mm -hmm. and there is a two-gallon jug of milk, like right two where some gallons? bush light was supposed to be. And so a you choice know, was made today. A choice was made. You know some guy was walking through like on a budget. And it's like, I need this milk to make food, to have breakfast. And then it was like, He's like, wait but a minute. I do have I do have seven more dollars I could spend. <laughs> He's like, I could do and have beer that bush light. I could do beer in my cereal in the morning. <laughs> and it just oh it my cracks goodness. me up because like He made I, his choice. I, well, like I definitely lived a life, right, where for many years I had to to count my dollars. Yeah. 
And I never made the choice like where it's going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to have a beer tonight over dinner. <laughs> but I definitely had been in the grocery store before being like, uh, I really want this. Yeah. But I really like we need this to make meals. So I understood it. But it just cracked me up because I was like, it, it had been a minute since I've been there, mm -hmm. you know. And it just, I was dying, man. That's just hilarious. That two gallon of milk in there was But, but at what least I they said it like in a, in a refrigerated area. Cause like I'll see people that put like, I've seen ground beef sitting out like in right. the drive, you know, like in the warm. They're just aisle. ruining, I'm like, are you ruining good me? stuff. Right. Like what kind of a, you know, oh my goodness. So, um, man, talking about those choices, I remember when I had first moved down to Tennessee. Um, for three months I worked at a car dealership and it was, it, it was stupid. I hated it so much. I mean, I enjoyed it, but like, I hated how they ran it. I was good at right. it, but the only thing that my job was, was to meet people and show them whatever car and like, take them on test drives, like copy their photo ID, grab a drive out license plate that had a magnet on it, slap it on whatever car they wanted to drive. And if they wanted to drive eight cars and I would drive them for eight cars until they found the one they wanted. And then I would bring them to the sales manager and be like, hey, they want to buy a car. And then they would start talking. And the sales manager apparently sucked at his job. And even though he'd had it for 30 years and he couldn't close a deal with them because he wouldn't negotiate. And they'd be like, we don't like that guy. We liked you, Nick. You were cool, but we can't deal with them. Not, so we're going to yeah, go up to Rivergate and buy a Dodge up there. It's like, dang it. Right. You know, I lost out on $100 from selling that car. Like they paid me eight fifty <laughs> an hour and $100 per car. And oh, wow. so, yeah, it was like you had what to, a commission structure. Oh, it was bad. And so, um, but so anyway, so after that, I worked um, on the grounds crew at a at Tribeca University there in town, and I loved that so much more. And and so, but my paycheck at first was like very tight. I would go. Um, I just bought a house, and that was like just that was before that housing boom crash in '08. They loaned me money when I was at that car lot on 850 an hour on a job that I had never done before. And like, yeah, we we'll take a gamble yeah, on you. This. You're 21, yeah. you know, making 850 an hour. We'll, <laughs> we'll loan you $69,500 for a house. And I made all my payments and, and didn't ever, you know, not make my payments, but that was right. a bad call on their part. Oh, and I also yeah, had no credit smart. score because I'd never borrowed money before. Like, well, this this is why that particular crash happened. <laughs> this is why that happened because they did that with other people who did not make their payments. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I would like I'd get my paycheck. I said every two weeks I'd pay all my stuff. I do, you know, I'd fill up my gas tank because I'm like I gotta get to work. Like it's responsibility, right? Like fill up the gas tank, and then I would go to the Aldi in Madison and buy my groceries. And I had, I think, $21 a couple weeks in a row is what I had left after paying my bills and filling up my fuel tank. And so I'm like, what am I going to get? I'm going to get the little party pizzas that are 89 cents, like the Totino's, <laughs> but it was the Aldi brand. And I got right. 10 of them. And so there's yeah. $8.90 plus tax. And I could bake five at a time in my <laughs> oven right on the rack. And I would put them on a paper plate in a gallon Ziploc bag and take one a day to work. And I had a bag of chips in there and like a 12-pack of Aldi sodas, you know, uh, Aldi Cokes. Um, right. or pop. Um, and no, so anyway, Cokes. yeah, it's Cokes. And so that was my meal, like potato chips, a party pizza and a, and a Coke. Um, yeah, that's making choices. You know, I wanted to pay my water, you know, and my electric. Wait, well, that was it. No, I mean, I, I definitely remember the days like, well, if we pay the water bill a week late, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Cause then we can pay the electric bill. That's a month late before they cut it off. Right. It, you know, I, I've, I lived that life. We lived that yeah. life. It was, you know, you had to make the decisions. Today, a guy decided 
Bush Light over milk. <laughs> Bush Light over just, milk, and it's like I really regret not taking a picture. Oh man, that's good. That's pretty. Fun. I mean, you could recreate it, but at this point, like we're gonna it's know. Not, it's it not. It wouldn't be the same. I would. You know. would know. I would know. You would know. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Like we no. said earlier, like even if nobody enjoys this, we are having a great time. And I'm having a good time. No, I was sitting thinking we probably should should do just who is it? Is it Bush or it's Bert Kreischer? Bert Kreischer. Yeah, there it is. And then who's his buddy? The guy that's been doing this oh a lot Tom longer. Segura, or Tom Segura? Yeah. No, no. Oh, it's them. One, I was laughing drinking this. I mean, I'm drinking water or was. Mm, I've got some nice um, uh, tea in my hot pitcher here. Well, it made me think about that clip that just you know blown up with them, <laughs> where Bert's Bert's pulls out the big boy and he's like, and he's Tom's like, what size? He's like, Kool Aid. Kool Aid. <laughs> and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what is it really? Right? And then he goes to pour some Kool Aid. I just I loved that. Like it was actual Kool Aid. Oh, have you not seen this? No, I haven't seen this one. Oh, no. So, yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, Tom's like, people are walking around seeing you yeah. with this giant Yeti thinking, man, that guy drinks a lot of water. <laughs> but really, you're waking up at 6 a.m., a grown man, and drinking, drinking a gallon of Kool-Aid. I heard him <laughs> on, uh, I think it was on a podcast <clears throat> or something, and he was talking about, um, like, with some other comedians or something, about, like, how much, how much alcohol... Bert Kreischer, how much he consumes. And he was talking about, like, on tour, he he only drinks wine. And he talked about, like, how, like, two to three bottles a night on tour that he was drinking, like, after his shows. And they're like, dude, are you are you serious? Like, you're drinking that much? He's like, yeah, that's that's not that much, right? And they're like, that is so much. <laughs> no, like, that's a lot. Like, that that's is so lot. much wine to drink <laughs> by yourself. And so it's just like, wow, you know. But he is pretty no. funny. I like the part, the one on one of his comedy specials where he talked about, um, like, coming home, like, at, like, 530 in the morning or whatever, and then having to take his girls to school, and it's, like, parent-teacher conference day. So he real quick, <laughs> quick grabbed a couple Diet Cokes and put them in his jacket, and he's, like, sitting there in a conference, he pops it open, and he's like... That's not Coke. It's Coors Light. <laughs> and so he's like, you got a game time decision there, son. You know, what are you going to do? He's like, I chugged a Coors Light. Open the second one. <laughs> like, oh, my I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's one I, like, of his I like those guys a lot. Yeah, they're funny. No, that's kind of what, for the most part, obviously, they're way cooler to listen to than we are. I mean, maybe, you know. I mean, it's true, right? They um, are professional comedians, had, so. If we had some notoriety, people would be interested in our lives, too. Yeah. Um, but that's what this, this conversation's made me think of. Like, I came in planning to be more structured than this. No, I feel like we were just a, didn't the right amount of structured. I mean, you know, like, I had a couple things that I was, like, wanting us to kind of meander through and talk about, but, like, none of it is hard and fast. I mean, right. you know, I try to have, like, some kind of a point or some kind of an idea, and I mean... You know, like, as I talk with different people, my my thoughts are, you know, how is it, you know, what is it that somebody that's listening to this or watching this, what is it, what is it that they can kind of take away from, from this, let's call it an experience, you know, I feel like it's an experience being able to partake in, in watching us. Uh, You guys are welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) welcome. (laughs) But, you know, what do they take away from this moment, you know, from this experience? I mean, you know, like, as I look at you, I mean, I've known you for so long, and so it's like, I kind of had to stop and look back at our friendship and our time that I've known you. And it's like, okay, you know, as I look at your life, I mean, you know, whether it was, you know, so, you know, not to rip on trailer parks, we're really not meaning that. Um, we're not, but we're just not. being, we're not being serious, like there's hardships involved in that. Like it's not an easy right. life. There's gonna, 
in, in all of these, there's going to be people there that are like trying to steer you off track, whether it's people that are, you know, dealing in certain things, whether it's people that are just living on the wrong side of the law and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be trying to sway. I mean, not necessarily gangs and stuff like that, but there's always that chance that you could just go off the rails, you know, right. there's, there's bad influences that can be any neighborhood, but trailer parks do have that. And so, you know, to go from that kind of situation. And I mean, that wasn't your whole life. You guys lived in a few sure. different places. You, uh, you guys actually lived in Costa Rica for a while. So that's kind of interesting. But, did. Um, yep. You know, so you've had a few experiences and, and some good stuff, you know, for sure. But like, Going from that, you know, like you say, you didn't have your GED, but you jumped into some some jobs that ended up being quite a career. And, you know, would college have helped? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. You know, and and, and yeah. so the biggest thing is and, and having known you, having worked for you. I mean, you're my boss for, you know, about 13, 14 months there. Um, you know, it's like, hey, here's how to do the job. Like you you were kind of pulling yourself up, you know, like. Yeah, somebody might have brought you in, offered you the job, but you didn't slack off and say, okay, I've got it. I'm just going to be kind of coast on autopilot. You're like, I'm going to do a good job at it. And that got noticed, you know, up the corporate right. ladder. They moved you into middle management um, that made you, I mean, you talked like you moved from the one company to the one you're at now, but you've had quite a few job offers that you didn't take for one reason or right. another, but you've made yourself marketable. And so whether that's, you know, somebody that might, you know, whether they want to go into a trade like, you know, the plumbing, the electrician, welding, you know, air conditioning, you know, whatever, whether it's something like that or whether it's um, some other type of like more white collar job that you want, make yourself marketable and then work hard until you get noticed. You know, don't sit there and wallow in it and say, hey, why didn't anybody promote me or why didn't anybody give me this or that? Like, you know, take take charge of your own um, your own path. Right. No, I, I agree with that 100. percent I think you know I uh, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere if I just showed up and clocked in at nine and left at five. Uh, I would still be right where I was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why people who are successful end up where they end up is because they put in the time, they put in the work, they educate themselves. Uh, you know, to touch back on what you talked about with your phone, you can become as educated as you want to be today. You just might not have a piece of paper that backs it up. But if you're educated in what you know, no one comes asking for your references. Yeah. If you can talk educately, <laughs> you can be educated. Educately. That's it, boys and girls. Hey, George Bush yeah. was president, man, and he talked like that. So you got this. Right. If you can talk well about your field and if you are educated and you sound educated, Nobody comes asking yeah. for that piece of paper, right? If you learn what you need to learn and, and can do the job, nobody's going to ask for that. And right. I think more and more people are seeing that. Big companies are not requiring uh, educations anymore, right? They're not looking for four-year degrees. Uh, they're looking for people with aptitude. Yeah. Can I teach you? Can you learn? Uh, can you be coached? And yeah. If you were those things and you're willing to work hard, and that doesn't mean work 80 hours a week to impress your boss. For sure. But it does mean probably going a step further than the guy in the cube next to you or the guy at the warehouse down the road. You, you do have to put in a little extra sometimes. You can end up in decent places in life and it doesn't have, you don't have to be boxed into to a nine to five for your entire life. And, and if you do all that and nobody takes notice or nobody picks you up or takes you to a higher level, then you might've learned something along the way there that'll um, be useful. Like you can go maybe start your own, your own business, right. your own thing, whatever. Um, I've got a friend that's, uh, he's been working for one company. Things weren't going where he wanted to. He does, um, 
like social media managing seo stuff on websites but he also does a lot of film he, he makes commercials he makes uh like political ads he says i love doing attack ads for candidates like doing their like making their commercials he says it's just fun. Oh, okay like he doesn't make the attack but he does it for them like produces and records the commercials and everything right and so you know he does that stuff so he recently just kind of stepped out on his own um and he's been kind of doing a little side hustle with it here and there um while he finished a project for for the company he worked for but I think, uh, you know, Friday this week is his last day and then he'll be kind of off on his own. And so it's like his career track wasn't going where he wanted with that, but he just he stuck it out as long as he needed to. And then he's he's not taking any of their clients and, and they got a lot of big ones. So it's not like he's able to snake them anyway, but he's just he's not trying to do that. He's building his own business as he goes. And so it might be tough for maybe a year, maybe two, maybe just a few months. But he does good work and he knows what he's doing because he's applied himself to that job and he's made himself stand out. And it's going to work out well for him. You know, it really right. is. So find that thing that you enjoy and, and, and get after it. Yeah, um, I think that's it. If, you, if there's enjoyment in what you do, you'll do it well. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, you're talking about, you know, just some of the stuff you're saying about um, if you present yourself well with knowledge. And I was just thinking, like, man, I remember one time when I was on the forklift in the warehouse and I thought I was doing okay and you know where this is going. <laughs> and like I had knocked over this stack of uh, insulation. It happened a lot. And, you know, like I'm just trying to restack it like a little bit at a time with the <laughs> forklift. And I'm thinking I'm finally getting the hang of this because this is not material that's on pallets. Like it's all loose material that can tip and stuff. And so it's like harder than your average forklift in the warehouse type position. And you came out of the office and you're like, are you still working on that? Man, you suck. <laughs> and I'm like, that hurt, you know, that hurt me. So I thought I was doing okay. And then you jumped on the machine and like, you're like, we got to knock this out. We got to go. And you just like, boom, 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 put it in its place and we were done. I'm like, that told me where the bar was. Like that set the bar. But so I thought that was a valid management tool. Like, man, you suck. <laughs> was just like it was. It was Some actually negative reinforcement. It was negative positive reinforcement, you know, or positive negative reinforcement. I don't know, but it it did that. Like, it was a negative comment that reinforced me to do better, and right. I feel like that was appropriate. But you know, some people can't handle that, and I think you know we got to grow a thicker skin when it comes to some of that stuff. You know, we're so scared <laughs> to tiptoe around things, and it's like, listen, you know, if you really want. Like, I give you permission in my life. If you see me screwing something up actively and you know I can do better, like, please tell me. I mean, right? I, my dad and I poured this concrete slab out behind our house. I was telling you about it earlier, I think, before we were you recording. You did a terrible job. Yeah. And we did. We just, you know, we've done it before, but it was too much for two of us. And by the time we got done, like, pouring it and screeding it off with the board, you know, like, the other end was starting to set up too much where it didn't want to trowel out and float out very well real smooth. And so um, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine back in the day that did concrete, he's like, he said, it looks like hammered dog crap. And, <laughs> and that's what this looks like in a way. It's just like, I'm like, what do you mean? Ha like, you know, if you took dog crap and just hit it with a hammer, it's all like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not quite that bad, but it's not a great job. And so I'm looking right. at that. But as we were doing it, like the guy with the concrete truck, the guy driving it, he's like lending us a hand, like kind of with the rake, kind of pulling some away from the board when it was getting too thick. And I was like, hey, man, he told us he worked 20, 21 years in concrete finishing before he started driving the truck. And I'm like, hey, if you if you've got any words for us that are like, we're not proud, you know, like we will right. take your advice. Right. Teach us. Yeah. Like, teach me, man. Like, help me out. And I I feel like he had a lot he could have said and just didn't. Right. 
and I understand that because like he also has to leave at some point. Like he doesn't have all night to school us. But right. Be teachable, you know, like allow yourself right. to be taught by people that know more than you and that have been down that road before. Yeah. It's invaluable. Yeah. Oh, it's man. absolutely invaluable. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think if there was anything else. Like, I mean, we can leave some stuff on the table to talk another time. I always, I always have these episodes thinking like I will, I would love to continue this conversation another time. And I think there's more to be said. Um, but do you have anything else that you would <laughs> like to, uh, you know, drop on these fine viewers and listeners of this podcast? No, your comment then just made me laugh. I, think <laughs> I told you this recently. I've watched Joe Dirt a lot recently. <laughs> Joe Dirt. I've watched it like three times in the past month, maybe, mm. maybe more. It feels a bit excessive, um, but I get it. It's become my airplane movie. Okay. Um, like pretty much anytime I hop on an airplane, if I feel like watching a movie, I'm just going to watch Joe Dirt. So like the person in the uh, seat next to you is like, what's this guy shaking with laughter about? You're like, oh, this movie from like, 18 years ago. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite was the first time I rewatched it like month, month and a half ago, whenever it was. I flip it open and the flight attendant, like one of the Southwest flight attendants, he's like, is that on Southwest? And I was like, no, man, I've got it on my computer. And he was like, oh, and I was like, do you have a laptop? Like, Bring it here. I'll throw it on there for you. And so he yeah, threw Joe Dirt on this guy's laptop for him. Oh, my goodness. Um, but no, it's it's making me think about the Xander show. That's the guy oh, interviewing yeah, him yeah. the whole time. And he, Dennis he's Miller like, in real know, life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it just, it, it just, I, I don't, I can't fully relate with Joe Dirt, but I can in a lot of ways. And so I was just like, no, we could, we could totally get together another day, maybe, maybe have a, have a point more so than we did today, but still keep it pretty loose. And we can, we can walk through, cause I, there's, I think there's parts of your life that it would be interesting to kind of work through and let your audience hear. Oh man, hear listen, I, I will, I would gladly like let you like swap seats with me metaphorically i mean i don't think you could do that we're a very long distance apart right now in miles but i think you you could take like the lead chair in this try your hand at it you know and be like hey let me ask you about you you know that would sure, be good. no i think i think we could just have the conversation i think it'd be i think it'd be pretty natural between the two of yeah. us yeah so no I, I don't have anything in particular to say again it was just fun to sit on here and talk and well, have a good time and, for the and that's what i like about you know this this kind of format i mean um, two of my favorite podcasters, I mean, Joe Rogan's out there, and I know a lot of people, like, you know, hate on him for whatever reason. And it's like, listen, I don't agree with 100% of his stuff, you know? I mean, like, he wanted Bernie Sanders to be president. Like, I heard him say that out of his own lips. I'm like, I don't agree with that, you know, personally. That's not me, but, hey, if that's <laughs> but how I still he wants listen to, to his be, next that's, podcast. that's fine. Yeah. I still listen to his next podcast, and that's something that's missing in our world, right? Like, It is. I mean, there's it actually is. people out there that voted for Joe Biden. more. <laughs> There's people that voted for Joe Biden and not because they thought he would do a good job because clearly like he's lived up to that expectation. And yet, you know, like they're like, hey, this is this is our man, you know, and, and it's like, how can you even have a conversation about politics when they're like, we don't like this person one bit, but right. it, we're a never Trump kind of people. And, and I just don't whatever, you know, that's fine. But to, to that, I can equally say there are people out there that voted for Donald well, Trump. Exactly. hundred like, percent. And years and years before that, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, and I it's like any any politician most likely that's been voted for for the past fifty, sixty years, I probably don't like them. Right. And um, and so like, at the same time though, we've got to be able to actually sit down and have a conversation with these folks. And right. and like we wouldn't have 
talked about the president thing, if I hadn't just brought it up just now, just to make a point that there's people that are going to have this opinion that seems absurd to you about a political leader. And why would we let that divide us, you know, as people? And so, you know, yeah, Joe Rogan, I mean, you know that, but, but I love the way he has these interactions with people. And I don't, I don't check out every episode that he does. Some of them don't interest me. And I have this feeling that not every guest that I have on here is going to interest, you know, my audience. But um, one of the other guys, I actually got to know who he was from him being a guest on Joe Rogan's show. And it was, um, his name is Lex Friedman. Um, it's F R I D M A N and he's on, you know, he's on everything, but I like to use Spotify, um, because a lot of these guys have, uh, their, their podcast video video on there, but actually Apple podcast, uh, Apple has started allowing like their videos. So I hadn't been posting mine to my server, that I use is called Podbean. I hadn't been posting the videos on there because I didn't realize that. And, and, and so now I'm going to start doing that again. Um, but, uh, cause I like the video format. And even if you only are listening to the audio, I think the fact that you and I see each other while we're right. having this conversation, I think it helps the conversation flow better. Um, I was a guest on a guy's show that I've never met before. He's a friend of a friend and, and he does a podcast. Um, and, and so, I literally was talking to him on my phone through my headphones. And so I'm not yeah. seeing him. Like I'm not, I don't have those visual cues of like, if he's gearing up to say something, I don't know. And so I actually listened to it cause it just, it just posted uh, today and I was listening to it and I was like, Oh, I kind of hate myself right now. Cause I felt like I talked <laughs> over him quite a bit. I mean, I was the guest, but still like he was trying to say a couple things here and there. And I didn't, I didn't really hear it at the time that he was right. Was, so that would have been different. Well, cause your point, you didn't have the, the visual cues. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the math is, but I know more of our communication is done physically yeah. than verbally. And so I agree. I think, I think the, the video formats, the way to do it. And I mean, we're in the future. We can do this. You do it. You're down there in Florida. I'm up here north of Nashville and you can see me and what, what, what I'm doing. It's, yeah. it's quite amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one guy, Lex Friedman though, he's really interesting. He's like an MIT guy and he has all these guests on that are just super smart. Like I don't understand half of it. But I just love the way he does it. And he, like, just wears a symbol. He's, like, everything's black and white, like a black suit, white shirt, black tie. He's got, like, a black drape behind him. And, and like, honestly, the lighting is pretty terrible in his studio. Um, they got, like, those Shure mics that everybody uses on their podcast. They're, like, $407. Yep. And I'm, like, I'm rocking this uh, this little $89 tabletop from J-Lab. And That's it. it's working. You know, like, I actually have a mic on a boom and it's just, I don't find it necessary for what I'm doing. Like maybe someday I'll be there. Uh, no, I mean, you're, I don't know. I don't know how things sound on your end, but you sound fine. It sounds like there's. No, absolutely. It sounds great. Yeah, it sounds like there's a microphone right here yeah. and somebody has balanced it out. I mean, it sounds fine. Yeah. But I just, I like this guy. So like this dude, he's uh, Lex Friedman. He's just, um, he's like, he's just like, he, despite whatever his uh, training, like he's into AI and robotics and stuff like that, I think is what his field is. But his goal is just to help promote, like, peace, love, harmony kind of stuff. Like, some of his words are like that. He's just, I call he's a sweet guy is what I say. Like, he's not, like, soft, I mean, but he's, he's, just, he's just a real nice guy. And, right. and I'm like, man, that goes so much farther than getting all up in arms about something. And, and so if I'm modeling after anybody, it's a little bit after those two guys, but, but it's not so much trying to be them, but just say like, how can I have a conversation with somebody? And right. even if it's somebody I don't agree with, look at my thing. Like I'll talk about anything. And that's, 
That's why I named it that because I want to have those conversations and give people a chance to share about them. And and I realize I've been talking for like three minutes myself, so I'm like, you know, trying to limit that too. Like I'm learning as I go. Like, hey, shut up and let the guests talk. No, I mean it's all about. I think I think especially if we ever talk on here again, I think this is more the format for me. I want it to be just an open conversation, like you said. Yeah. A hundred people might see this and none of them might like it or 10,000 might see it and go, dude, I want to hang out with these guys because they're awesome because we are. Oh, and we'll do that. Like, if you want to hang out, drop us a note. uh, I forgot the name of my email address, so don't worry about it. But it's in the show (laughs) notes. It'll be in the link. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, I do do two different podcasts. I had to stop and think which one I'm on. So it's it's talkwithnickaboutanything at gmail.com. That's what it is. Okay, that makes sense. But it'll definitely be in the show show. notes in case I mess that up. Like, don't quote me on that. Look at the show description, and there will be links in there, including anything if you have something that you want me to link. Um, No, 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 nothing. Nothing at this point. I, uh, you know, I haven't started my uh, only feet page yet. Um, (laughs) As the market continues to decline, we might have to get into that. Uh, Yeah. Um, But no, man, I, yeah, I mean, I heard of that. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, like yeah, OnlyFans, but it's only feet. Like you pay to yeah. see feet. Oh my goodness! Hey, you know what? It's a victimless crime. You know, unless somebody else is <laughs> right. intimately familiar with your feet, nobody's gonna know. Right? Nobody's gonna know. <laughs> um, but no, I appreciate you having me on, and it was a good conversation. I'm glad to be able to just talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, maybe next time we'll talk a little bit about like cars and stuff like that. Um, by the way, you didn't you didn't buy that uh, that little um, Nissan. Was a Nissan? No, no, no. It was a Toyota, Toyota Tercel. Tercel. You didn't end up getting that, did you? Uh, no. He, so he finally, this guy finally gets back to me saying, yeah, I've got the title now. Uh, it's good to go. Uh, can you can you come get it today? And I was like, well, I can't get it this second, but I can be there tomorrow. Um, I said, just the engine cranks, right? I was like, it turns. And he's like, yep, yeah, it just needs a battery. And the next morning, I get a message from him. And he says, well, uh, 350 if you can get it today. <laughs> And I was like, what changed? Well, I put a battery on it and the motor's locked. Oh, no. And I was like, well, then I'm out, dude. Yeah. Like, it, well, three, 300? Will you take it for 300? I was like, no, because I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, if, if the motor would turn, I totally you can work it. on it. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to have to buy something that I'm not going to be able to get running. Uh, yeah, so, so sadly, like, no Tercel. To like share the inside story. If you, if, any, if you guys have ever seen Breaking Bad, like, Jesse Pinkman's car, like the little station wagon that he had, um, little red car that he had. It was basically that, but a different color with a broken out grill or like is mm-hmm. kind of hanging in there. But there was a four wheel drive with like a four cylinder and a five speed. And this car would have been perfect for so many fun awesome. things. So many fun oh, things. Man. I was so hoping he'd be able to so get that car things. and enjoy Me it and you so both. much. Ashley's happy that it fell through. Ashley doesn't I'm... really know. Um, she she has no idea what she's none, missing out none because if I got it and had gotten it running she'd be like this is cool you might have been able to have a tug of war contest with her jeep and like, if, if the jeep and was win. a two wheel drive for sure you'd win maybe even four wheel drive I don't know because like the right. jeep with the clutch unless you're really good you know yeah. I don't know man I don't know I had faith in that Tercel that Tercel was going to be awesome if it if it actually ran but oh well you know you can't win them all man you can't. You can't. So, well, anyway, man. Hey, hey, buddy. Thanks for uh, being on here. I'm gonna gonna end our recording and sign off now. And until next That's time, fair. we'll uh, catch you later. All right. See, you, buddy.